Welcome to the Unicorn Agents Podcast. My name is Sarah and our mission at Unicorn Agents is to help cultivate consistent and profitable confidence in new real estate agents. We believe in kindness and professionalism above all and we help through education, inspiration, and motivation. Our goal is to help you stand out and shine brightly in your marketplace, all while helping you create a business you love and a life that you've craved. Thank you so much for listening. It is officially summer break for me as Mrs. Waller, middle school social studies teacher, and it's officially unicorn summer for Sarah Waller, educator and business cheerleader. While I'm going to miss my students and my colleagues at school, I am so excited for all the cool things coming up in the world of unicorn agents this summer. And with the intertwinedness of my life as a teacher, realtor, and business educator and cheerleader, I thought it'd be really fun to connect everything here in today's episode. So in today's episode, I'm going to go over four ways that being a teacher and being a real estate agent are the same, and then how you can incorporate those similarities in to help you develop a standout business that allows you to give your clients better communication, better information, and better representation. You know, like unicorn agents do. And now I'm going to jump right into the four things teachers and real estate agents have in common. The number one thing they have in common... They are professional emotional regulators. Real estate transactions can be super emotional for all involved, agents, clients, everybody. But as a professional, it's up to you to remain professional and calm. Chronic stress can lead to physical pain, mental anguish, and burnout. All things that you do not want to experience as you are developing your dream real estate business. Now, as a teacher, there are so many times in the school year where I find myself just straight up stressed. Again, I'm a middle school teacher, and I honestly could never have prepared myself for the amount of emotions that I would be working with when hanging out with over 100 students every day, and especially 112 and 13-year-old students. But each day, I remind myself that I'm the professional who is trained and educated on how to regulate emotions. It's my duty to regulate my own emotions so that I can help students regulate their emotions. And it's the same with real estate. You're the professional. You have a unique opportunity to help clients through their emotional times, so you need to take care of yourself so you can take care of them. So... How can you regulate your own emotions? And also, what exactly is regulating emotions? Emotional regulation is just simply the process by which we as people influence what emotions we have, when we have them, and how we experience or express those emotions. Emotional regulation, that can be automatic or it can be controlled, conscious or unconscious. So to see emotional regulation in action, let's look at a pretty common event. So someone cuts you off on the road and that makes you feel angry or scared and your body's automatic response to those emotions could be yelling out a cuss word, say. So your body regulated those emotions you were feeling through that unconscious emotional response of yelling out that cuss word. But a controlled, conscious response and a way to regulate those emotions of anger or fear that you were feeling could be to take a deep breath, smile, perhaps say a prayer that the person who cut you off so crazily has a good rest of their day because maybe they're having a bad day right now. Or maybe just simply thinking to yourself like, hey, that could be a student driver. Maybe they don't know how to drive. They're probably freaked out too. 
then you calmed down and you just controlled your emotion regulation. (laughs) So I could probably actually do a whole episode on this topic and maybe one day I will, but here's just a few quick ideas on what you can do when you're feeling lots of emotions in the real estate world so that you can effectively help your emotional clients. If there's a bunch of emotional people around, someone has to be the chill one and that person should be you. So the first piece of advice here is just really simple and that's to name the emotion that you're feeling. So are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling nervous? Are you feeling mad? Are you feeling jealous? Are you feeling sad? These are all legitimate feelings that we have as human beings and you need to feel those when they come up. And I want you to name the emotion, but I also encourage you to pinpoint exactly why you think you're feeling that emotion. So you're feeling anxious. Okay. Are you feeling anxious because you feel like you need more help learning how to price a house using comparables, right? So are you going on a listing appointment and you're like, I don't think I'm pricing this right. Well, do you just need to learn more about the process so that you're feeling more confident with it? Or are you feeling jealous of another agent's success? And when you think deep down about it, do you start realizing that you're feeling jealous because you know that you're not giving this your best effort and that you could do better? So you're not leaving it all out on the field? You probably won't feel as jealous if you know you're doing the best you can do. So just remember pinpoint, name, pinpoint, all of that. Don't push your emotions down and not deal with them because that's going to make things worse. It's going to fester. So you need to bring them out and deal with them. And here are just some really quick things that I do personally to deal with my emotions that I'm feeling. Again, this is also you get some clear headspace so that you're like in the best mental state to deal with any potential rise in emotions with clients or other agents. All right, so some things I do to deal with emotions. I love going for walks, especially um, outside. I've talked about this a lot, so I love going for walks and runs outside. Nothing clears the mind and settles the soul for me more than going on a walk, saying a prayer, jamming out to tunes, just being in my own space out there. I just absolutely love it. I also used to be like super into journaling and that worked wonders for my overthinking mind. Nowadays, I don't journal so much, but I like to call myself like a hybrid journaler. I basically have a ton of notebooks around my house that I open up and jot down things and map out situations. This really helps me when I'm faced with a big decision and it can really help in tough real estate situations when you're trying to put out transaction fires and you just don't know what to do. So my piece of advice here, go for a walk, pray about it, think about it, talk about it, write it down in a piece of paper or a cool notebook with a pretty pen and get it worked out. Another regulating strategy that's pretty new in my life is breathing exercises. And I didn't know much about these exercises before I became a teacher. So this is where like teacher Sarah is really coming out here. These are hot strategies in the education world. One that we talk a lot about is box breathing. And this is a really great exercise when dealing with stress and anxiety. No, that comes up a bunch in real estate. So let's talk about box breathing. Another thing that it helps with is like anxious sleeplessness. And I hear a lot about this from agents and have dealt with this personally in my real estate career. And that's having a really hard time falling asleep when you're worried about something in a deal. So again, box breathing is a strategy used for this type of anxiety induced sleeplessness. So what is box breathing? Well, the strategy is simple. To box breathe, what you'll do is you'll breathe in for four seconds. Then you're going to hold that breath that you've just breathed in. You're going to hold that for four seconds. Then you're going to let that breath out for four seconds. 
then you're going to relax for four seconds without breathing in or doing anything. So you're just going to relax and sit there. You're going to repeat this up to six times or more if needed. And it actually gets the same box breathing because as you're doing the four second intervals, you should imagine that you're drawing a box. So in those first four seconds, when you're breathing in, imagine in your head a line being drawn for the top of a box. For the four seconds where you're holding that breath in, imagine a line being drawn down on the right side or left side. I guess that depends on whichever way your mind thinks. <laughs> I go right side. All right. So imagine a line is being drawn down on the right side. Then for the four seconds when you're letting that breath out, imagine the line on the bottom is being drawn. And then for the four seconds where you're just chilling and not breathing in or breathing out, that final line on any side, mine's on the left side, is going to be drawn up to connect the box. Again, for best results, repeat this six times. Like, so create your box six times, but you can also do it as many times as you'd like. And for a little more mindfulness, a little more peace as you're kind of trying to settle your mind, you can put your hand on your belly to feel it like filling up and emptying as you're breathing in and breathing out in the box. So how does box breathing and this exercise translate to your clients? Well, if you have that type of relationship with your clients where you're super comfortable with them or maybe you've developed a brand where the idea of box breathing is not new to them because they know you're all about those self-soothing strategies, you can actually do this with your clients and invite them to do it with you. Now, again, this is where speaking to your ideal clients and having a really strong brand helps because if you are speaking to your ideal clients, you're gonna be working with people who are all in on box breathing and other self-soothing strategies. If you don't wanna sit there and do box breathing exercises with your clients, ain't nobody got time for that, which you totally don't have to, and this could just be something you do on your own, but I think it's a really cool idea to like add the steps to box breathing and other self-soothing techniques into your marketing assets. So your buyers and seller packets. Talk about it during the transaction, like send an email and just say, hey, here are some things as we're getting closer, you know, to calm any nerves or anything like that. So you can give them the steps to box breathing and again, any other self-soothing techniques. And I think that this would be really cool to differentiate yourself from other agents. This is basically providing a service that clients didn't even know they needed from you. And we'll talk about creating educational content here in a bit, but this is like an example of that. So if you're into this kind of stuff, you could make a YouTube video about self-soothing strategies for people going through real estate transactions. And if you're thinking, hey, that's cool, but I don't really know any, just research them and learn them. I didn't know any of this stuff before I became a teacher. And now that I've studied it and I continue to study it, I love talking about it. So just go out there and get information on it. And then just a couple final notes on helping yourself and clients regulate emotions and get through those crazy times of the real estate transaction. I just wanna remind you, don't ever match negative emotions. So when your clients are kind of on like a emotional roller coaster of sadness and anxiety, don't match their emotions. So like kids at my school and kids at my house, my kids at my house, when they go high, I go low. So I like to quiet my voice and remain calm in situations where it's like high tense. I want to be the calm in the chaos. I want to be that calm that I want them to feel. And I've really seen this work like magic. So when I'm in a super loud classroom with middle schoolers who do not want to get quiet to learn about ancient Rome or anything else we're studying, I just keep talking quietly 
or I don't talk at all. And then soon they quiet down. Literally magic. It's the same with my kids. Be the calm you wish to feel in the situation you're in and it'll happen. Also, I really want to encourage you to empathize with your clients. So when they're going through different things, use phrases like, I understand why you would feel that way. Um, Be an active listener. Let them vent. And just make sure that they're always given the best information so that they're able to work with the best information. Be patient with them and understand that you're doing a business dealing, but this is someone's real life consequences. So just remember that. And then when in doubt, box breathe. Invite your clients on a walk. Ask an agent to go on a walk. Don't respond to emails or phone calls when you're stressed or clients are stressed. Let things chill and always remain professional and calm. All right, the number two thing that being a teacher and being a real estate have in common, being a real estate agent have in common, and this one's an obvious one, but it's a good one. They're both educators. Personally, my favorite part of selling real estate is consulting buyers and sellers on the process. There are so many shows about real estate, and I know I've talked about this before, um, you know, all about the internet resources and everything like that, but buyers and sellers really need real estate agents by their side to help them understand the process and to successfully move through it. So you are an educator when you're a real estate agent. And you can use education and you will use education to help clients when they're going through the transaction process, but you can also use education as a marketing strategy. When you're looking at how you'll educate your clients during the transaction, think about how you're going to consult them, how you're going to prepare them for the workflow they're about to go through, how are they going to know their responsibilities, Uh, you know, will you send them videos preparing them, do you give them a booklet when you're at their initial consultation, will you just call them at every step and be like, hey, let's counsel really quick about this, this is what's going to happen next. And if you don't know what you're going to do, you can create a system for every way. And then you can ask your clients how they want to learn about things. How do they want to learn about the process? Are they like me who are big picture people? So I need to know the why to the what. All right. I need to know beginning to end. What am I doing? Or are they like my husband who gets kind of stressed out with the whole thing laid out in front of them and they maybe just want to know the exact thing they need to do in that moment, trusting that you're going to get them to the end, but they just need to know what's right in front of them. And then they'll think about the next thing when they need to deal with the next thing. And I used to think that that was a crazy way of doing things, but uh, honestly, Chuck is the less stressed one in our marriage, so I'm beginning to think that he's onto something. As a marketing tool, education can be really powerful, especially if you're an educator at heart like me, and so you'd be passionate about spreading some educational content. I love the idea of content marketing where you are creating content of value to help prospects know, like, and trust you. And again, educational content is the best of the best in my opinion. There are a ton of educational avenues you can take in marketing. You can create content on the real estate process, home ownership, or the market you're in. So just very basic real estate stuff. Here you go, people. Um, That will show your expertise as well and get them comfortable with you. But also think about like, what are you passionate about and what would you be interested in learning more about so that you can passionately educate your connections about? So again, I'm a social studies teacher because I love learning all things social studies. In my profession, I am able to cover history, economics, psychology, anthropology, sociology, personal finance, government, all of it. And I love it. So what do you love? When I was in my 20s, I really loved talking about like new restaurants and bars in town. I thought that I could like, if people wanted to go on a date, I'd be like, what's the vibe of the date? And I'll tell you where you should go. 
And I still love that. I think that is so, like, cool. And I would love to, like, make a website where you put in, like, this is what the vibe I want. Spit out some ideas for what I should do with my person. But um, I, I'm not really so much into that anymore. And I don't think I would ever do that because that's not really like what I'm into right now. So in my season of life as a mom, um, just this is not what I want to do. And it's not just because I'm a mom, but yeah, anyways, I'm digressing, but it's just not my season right now. So that would be hard for me to do. If I said my marketing like strategy is going to be, I'm going to be the real estate agent who knows all the coolest places to go to. I'm going to go and review places, talk about it, talk to the business owners, and then make a part of my website or all my social media cover this. And that's how I'm going to market myself. That would be hard because that's not what I enjoy doing anymore. What I enjoy doing is learning about Omaha history and going for walks and talking about parks and like I would love to make like reels along the music of like beautiful places I'm running. So like that is kind of my vibe now. So I'm more prone to do something like that. And that means that I would be more consistent in that. So just, again, think about what you're into so that you would want to do it and have passion to be able to, like, keep it up consistently. Consistently. Um, so there are a lot of relevant topics that you can tie into real estate. So again, you can do all the real estate stuff like transactions, markets, stuff like that. Uh, another thing you could do is if you want to be the expert in a particular um like neighborhood or area of town, you could create a booklet for people moving into the area where it talks about grocery stores, all the health places, the schools, the restaurants, the parks, the little secret places many people might not know about, small business owners in the area, things like that. Um, I think that's a really cool thing to make somebody that's a very highly valuable piece of content that you could give out to prospects and connections. And if you don't want to create a guide, which just you could create that guide in Canva and then put it in a PDF and send it out as like a freebie. Um, to capture email addresses. Oh, there's a whole other episode. There's so much stuff we can talk about with that. But if you don't want to create a guide like that, you could just create a page on your website with links to all the places. So it can be very interactive. Um, I do this on my real estate website. So I have utility companies in Omaha, uh, vegan restaurants in Omaha, museums, parks, places like that, green spaces that I like to talk about with links so they could go find out more information. So very interactive, very fun. Again, I'm into all that stuff. So I like talking about it. And I'm hoping that my clients like talking about that stuff too. So again, I am um, reaching out to my ideal client and just educating them on the area they live in. But if you're thinking like, this is all really great. I love this. But I don't, I don't know what I would do. I would love to talk to you about it. So if you want to dive into the kind of content that you would want to create, you can go book a 30-minute strategy session with me for free through Calendly. There's a link in the show notes to do that. And I've been having some really great strategy sessions with agents in my area. It's been really fun if you want to do it in the show notes. But if you don't want to book a call with me, you can sit down with your favorite business buddy accountability buddy, a family member, a friend, whoever you like talking to, and you can brainstorm ideas together. And then once you find out what you want to talk about, decide which platform you want to present that on. So you can record a podcast, you could record YouTube videos just on your phone, and then create like really cool videos with different graphics and music. Um, through Canva, you can create a blog, a newsletter, all that kind of stuff. So I'll dive more into these platforms. I'm going to be having an upcoming training on content marketing. And so it'll really go into all of this. But for now, I'll leave it at that. And just let you know that education is so 
so, 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 so intertwined in real estate. And that's why I love it so much. And that's why I'm a teacher, uh, why I educate real estate agents. And it's just, it's just really awesome. So um, that, that's the connection there, the number two. And now we're on to number three. So the number three thing that teachers and real estate agents have in common is that teachers and real estate agents both need consistent, constant PD, and that is professional and personal development. So as a teacher, there are many opportunities to participate in professional development. And I spent my last year in a leadership academy in my district and my thing, like I was known for, was hashtag PD for life. So again, professional and personal development for life. I'm all about it. I could literally sit in professional development courses all day and I would be the happiest educator on the planet. I love learning. That's probably why I'm a teacher. I learn so much through teaching and I just never wanna stop learning. As a real estate agent and as teachers, we need to always seek out training and professional and personal development. And I really truly believe that these types of professional and personal development don't have to be like formal. So they can be in the form of podcasts, like what you're doing right now by listening to the Unicorn Agents podcast. You can take online courses, there's websites, books, more formal conferences, but again, informal, Instagram reels, rabbit holes, it all works. However you can get in that information, it works. When you're deciding what you should focus on for your professional development, you can start by thinking about your weaknesses. And just with that, I just mean like do an inventory of maybe like your latest transactions or just when you're thinking about your business, like what are things that you could improve or what do you feel like in your heart you need to learn more about to make you feel more confident? And then talk to your brokerage, talk about things that you would like help with, see if they can bring in speakers. My brokerage does a really amazing job of offering classes to like help all agents. And I've been blessed to host three of those classes and God willing, we have a fourth one scheduled at the end of the month. So that one should be super fun too. I am constantly taking in new information when given the opportunity and I will always encourage you to do the same. We can always learn, we can always get better. And especially as a new agent, soak up all the knowledge you're getting like a cute little cutie patootie sponge. So talk to other agents, ask agents if you can shadow them, get advice from them, and don't be afraid to not know things. You should expect to not know things. I've been in the business almost seven years now, and I've just had a listing where I learned something that I will take with me to every other sale and I'll share it with you here, that is replacing a spigot on original galvanized piping is expensive, hella expensive, okay? So make sure you know that going into it. But every day I grow in my faith, I grow as a mom, I grow as a wife, I grow as an educator, I just grow, growth mindset, baby. All right, and we are on our final, final similarity, the number four way, if that's the way I should say, I feel like I've been saying it wrong the whole time, but the number four way that being a teacher and being a real estate agent are similar is that they can both develop their business their own way slash they can be the boss. All right, so I'm really drawn to doing things my own way. I like, like I'm okay with being told what to do, but I don't totally love it. And I really always am just craving in my heart to do things my own way. And that is what I love about teaching and what I love about owning a real estate business and a real estate education business. You really get to do things your own way. As a teacher, I get to plan what I'm gonna present to my students. I get to choose how I'm gonna assess them. I get to decide what my room's gonna look like. I get to decide procedures and routines. I get to manage the classroom and it's a lot of fun. 
as a real estate agent, I get to decide what my marketing is going to look like. I get to decide how I'm going to communicate with my clients. I get to decide how I'm going to nurture relationships. I get to decide how I'm going to record podcasts or if I'm going to be on Instagram or if I'm going to do TikTok, which I'm not. But if I'm going to, I get to decide it. Of course, there are rules that come with my teaching certificate and with my real estate license, but we are managers of our businesses. And I just love that. And I encourage you to sit with that idea that you are truly a business owner and a manager and get in that mindset so that you can really own, and I'm snapping, own your business, okay? And I say this, I preach this because it's very personal to me. In 2019, I was laid off from a job that I'd had for almost six years and I'd always like in my heart had this burning desire to be an entrepreneur, but it was always an employee. So at that time in 2019, I was working in real estate, but I never saw it as my full-time job. Um, My part-time job at a magazine was my main priority because I was the employee. So I really answered to my bosses and they had my full attention. Well, when that company was bought up and merged with the competitor, I was a casualty of that merger and I was forced out and forced to really be my own boss. And I really had a hard time with that. And I can remember meeting with a coach and she was telling me, this is a real estate coach, and she was telling me that some people just can't be their own bosses. They need to be the employee. And I was like, that's not gonna be me. But it is a little bit of me. And I think that's why I like being a teacher too, because it's like a little bit of the employee, but like also my own boss. It's just, I just love it, it's perfect. But anyways, um, that's just always stuck with me. And it's taken me a long time in real estate to not feel like an employee. So I was always walking around, always double checking what I was doing, making sure that I was doing the things right. And I've talked about this before and, you know, learn from my mistakes or the do as I say, not as I did podcast. And sure, you can break some license laws, but, you know, that's not really going to happen because you'd have to be terribly incompetent or just a terrible person in general. And I don't think anyone listening to this podcast is either of those things. So I think you're going to be fine. So I just want to have you put that in the mind that you're the boss. What you do is going to be okay and get out of employee mindset into boss mindset because you are your own boss as a real estate agent. So just some things that I've really taken to heart to be the boss um, that I'm going over here is just basically like make sure that you are showing up in your business. So give it your all. Like even today, like recording this podcast, it is really, I had the option to either go out with my family to just kind of like a dinner that actually, unfortunately, isn't going to happen because of podcasting requirements and timing that I'm going to need to do. And I need to give it my all. And that's sometimes we have to make hard decisions like that. And I know I'm still going to get to hang out with my family, but we're just not going to be able to go to that one particular restaurant. So it's kind of sucks. Now I'm saying it, I'm like, ah, but it's my own business. So I should do my family. But also there are times when you need to be the boss and the boss has got to make hard decisions. And I guess I just did that right now. Anyways, I'm digressing again. Give me a microphone and I'll digress all day. Anyways, (laughs) again, show up, give it your all. Know that being the boss really means that you're the one in charge of your own destiny. Okay, but always God willing. But if you want to do something, go do it. You will get a rush of confidence and confidence is powerful. So when you complete a task that you thought was gonna be hard or you didn't want to do, but you knew you needed to do it and you do it, you're going to feel good about it. So again, I encourage you give 100% to everything you do. Bosses do that. Bosses make it happen. And you are the boss. 
right? Also be different. Bosses are innovative. They make waves to make things happen. So own who you are and what you want your business to be and don't apologize for it. So if you want to have pink little hearts everywhere and some people don't like that, do it anyways if you want to do it. I don't know if anyone doesn't like my pink little hearts, but man, I love them. So I don't know. That may be a terrible example, but I love it. Something that I did when I like had to be my own boss and when I was feeling like the employee and was having a hard time shifting that mindset was I just like simply googled postures to feel more confident because I wanted to show that I was a boss and my posture is terrible. What did you just say? Terrible. So the posture thing I found was to stand up tall, not touch your face and your neck. And that is something that I do a lot of. Even now, if I see myself in video trainings, I'm touching my neck a lot, my face, scratching my head. I just, my hands are all over the place, but I'm working on that. And another thing that I found was that to be more confident and to have a posture of more confidence, you shouldn't put your hands in your pocket. And so when I'm teaching a real estate agents, when I am up in a class and training, I'm really mindful when I'm getting dressed that I'm not wearing dresses with pockets because I know that I will stick my hands in my pockets a lot. I would do it the whole time if I could, especially with the clicker. I'll have the clicker in my hand in my pocket. When I teach at school, I don't really care about wearing pockets or not because I'm just trying to be comfy. I'm at eight hours of school. It's great. But when I'm in front of real estate agents, I kind of want to change what I'm doing. And so I do not wear pockets. But do you, like if you put your hands in your pockets and that's how you feel most confident and you don't care about anything I'm saying right now about the pockets. Who the hell cares? That's cool. Do you? I only care because I felt like it was like a safety thing for me of putting my hands in my pockets when I felt nervous. I'd be like, oh, I have pockets. Good. I'll just put my hands there. And so in order to grow, I go without pockets sometimes because that makes me change my posture, change what I'm doing with my hands when I'm speaking in front of a crowd. And so it's just helping me grow as a public speaker and educator in person. Okay, so kind of a random thing to end on, a possibly unpopular opinion on dresses with pockets, but uh, we're at the end. We hit on four similarities that I wanted to chat with you about today, and I really hope that you're able to take away some ideas and some encouragement, something to add to your business, or something that you can even do today in your business that's going to help you do what you want to do to create the business of your and your client's dreams. Thank you so much for listening to the end. And if you're listening to this on the premiere date, please head over to Instagram for our premiere poll on our stories. I appreciate all of you for wanting to make unicorn businesses that not only help you and your clients, but they're really ultimately going to help the real estate industry and the world. Yeah, it's that deep. Please reach out to us on Instagram at Unicorn Agents or through email at hello at unicornagents.com if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, ideas, suggestions, or if you just want to chat. Until next time, have a magical week. Bye-bye.